What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Express knocked out the elevator, so I ran up the five flights. Oh. The atmos- Get the paddles ready, Michael. The atmospheric river knocked out the elevator. Thank you, God. What did we do to deserve this? Live- I'm telling you, the sodomy. Too much sodomy. Live from Studio C. C, senior. A dimly lit room where deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound, and today... Monday, new week, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Esmail Khani. Who's that? He's the guy who took over from, uh, you remember, remember old uh, Kasim Soleimani who Trump droned? Yeah. Uh, this is the guy who took over. And I've been reading about his relationship with the various Iranian proxy groups that are lobbing bombs at all of our people. And uh, it's interesting. Awesome. The the word is they don't have the control they used to. Uh, killing uh, Suleimani may have ironically complicated the situation. So I'm assuming you're going to tell us more about that later. I just try to stop me. Okay, fantastic. And uh, the biggest news, of course, in America is the immigration bill dropped yesterday afternoon, and everybody's trying to figure out what it is. And of course, they vote like. You know, within hours, Wednesday, because that's the way we do legislation. We hammer it down everybody's throat before anybody has a chance to figure out what it means or have a lawyer look at it or anything or have the press figure it out or anybody do any interviews because that's just the way we do things now, whether it's a three trillion dollar bill or the first immigration legislation in decades. Yeah, we essentially have a star chamber of half a dozen people, and that's being generous, who uh, who write and pass all legislation. I'm looking at the power outages all around California from the Pineapple Express. going to be a lot of people taking the stairs because their elevator's out. Or I know a whole bunch of people that were in the dark last night figuring out how they are going to get their kids ready for school and shower and all that sort of stuff today. Areas of California that are getting a year's worth of rain in an hour. Yikes. Which is not what you want. Well, and how about the fact that in Northern California there was essentially a hurricane? Oh, my God. It was hurricane I, force winds. It was crazy. I thought the house was going to blow off the foundation. It was just nuts. Was it that windy where you are, Michael? Yep, it was. Oh, God. It was just, it was like something had gone wrong. 
Like, yeah. this oh, yeah. isn't normal. We're under attack by someone or something. King Kong, God, something. Something is aliens. Something has happened. Well, if the atmospheric river pineapple express river flushing of God's toilet uh, lifts up your house and blows it across town, it just got to hope you land on a witch, I guess. Our neighbor's big tree fell that way into the yard and into the street instead of that way onto my fence. And I rent, so it it doesn't matter to me, but it would be a hassle. Yeah. Yeah. The tree's falling down. Ugh. What a mess. What an incredible mess. And, uh, and Tay-Tay won Album of the Year at the Grammys. So all of it comes together in one great big stew of stories. You know, I'm just thankful that she's finally been recognized, Taylor Swift. You tell me. When I saw it, I thought, my, my guess would be she thought, no. 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 God, and had to plaster on the smile and go up there and say all this stuff. I'll bet she was hoping she didn't win album of the year. She she's she's the first female billionaire singer in the history of the world. She's wily enough to know people have about had enough. Yeah. Of Taylor Swift. She's got to realize I'm 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 into U two early nineties kind of territory here, where yes. where Bono wrote in his book. I was sick of myself in the early 90s. I don't blame anybody else for being. He said, I'd step out of an airport and walk through the airport and look in there, and I'm on the cover of every magazine. And our songs are all over the place. It's like, enough already. I felt that way about myself. She's got to be thinking that. So every single Sunday, you got T-Swizzle as like the focus of too much, not enough, blah, 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 blah on Sunday. The one Sunday there's not a game? (laughs) <laughs> She's on the number one show that week, winning album of the year. She had to be thinking, oh, crap. Really? Did you have to? Definitely into the, if she doesn't win for the next one, it's a miserable failure and humiliation territory. <laughs> God, if I was her, I wouldn't go to the Super Bowl and tell Travis, look, I got to, just for our own benefit, I got to, we can't, we can't have my face anywhere else. So do you understand the uh, immigration legislation? Uh, well, I mean, I have information on it. I don't think anybody or understands it. Are you going to vote for it or not vote for it? What now? If you're a U.S. senator, <laughs> oh, would you vote for it or not vote for it? Some of my favorite pundits, like I took a lot of punditry on this, and it's hard to because it just came out yesterday afternoon. Again, getting to the fact that they do this on purpose to jam these things through. The people in the star chamber at the top, they come up with the $3 trillion bill, confuse everybody about what's in it and what's not in it, put stuff in at the end, yank stuff out so nobody really knows. They make you vote on it. They hold that over your head. They put all kinds of pressure on you. If you want to get reelected, if you want to be on this committee, you better vote for it. And nobody has any idea until long after it passes what the hell it is. But that being said, I took in some of my favorite punditry, and it's kind of all over the place. It's, look, Republicans, we're not going to do better than this anytime soon. We need something. This is a win. Let's take a win when it's in our face. And other people saying Joe Biden recognizes he is doomed if he doesn't get some sort of border legislation. Absolutely doomed. So let's jam him and get everything we want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've heard that expressed, and and I agree. The punditry is really uh, divided on the right. Uh, the other thing I've heard repeatedly, like uh, Matthew Cantonetti wrote a great piece for the Free Beacon, uh, I believe it was entitled "Mr. Biden, Where's Your Pen and Your Phone," making the point that the border was open through executive action and selective non-enforcement. Close it the same way. Why would we give you cover 
Why would we give you essentially proof to the voters that, see, look, the stupid Republicans finally passed something and the border closed. I told you all along it was them. Yeah, we've got Bill Maher from Friday night saying that's a lie that he can't do anything, that he has to wait for legislation. He could do it today if he wanted. So I appreciated Bill Maher saying that. The uh, we'll, we'll feature some clips from last night's 60 Minutes. Their second story, where they are there east of San Diego watching people pour through this hole as SUV after SUV full of illegals, mostly from China, would pour through. And they're standing there at their cameras, and there's a border agent over there, and the people just keep pouring on through. I'm glad 60 Minutes put on, because anybody who is uh, unaware of that story so far is now aware of it. So maybe yeah. Biden's numbers go even lower. Yeah, dozens of Chinese nationals was one of the main aspects of the story, which was interesting. And and it was gratifying in one way because these people were fleeing communism and wanted to come to the land of the free and, and the land of opportunity. And so it was kind of cool on that level. You like to see people, uh, you know, uh, given Xi Jinping their middle finger on their way out, essentially. On the other hand, since it's thousands and thousands of people, the idea that there are no intelligence agents and and moles and would-be saboteurs in that group, that's just naive beyond naive. It's it's idiotic. Sure. Uh, Kirsten Cinema was on one of the talk shows yesterday morning, and she said this idea that they're asylum seekers, she said the vast majority of these people are not don't qualify under any asylum law. They just want to come here and get oh, a better no, life, which right. who can blame them? But we have a limit of how many people we can allow in. And anyway, we should pick a number, stick to it, know who they are. It doesn't make any difference. So our phony laws were violated for phony reasons. Now the phony president wants some new phony legislation so they can do a phony job of temporarily enforcing laws again until whatever happens next. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very bitter and cynical about you, that right you now. You sound quite cynical there. I'm um, beyond cynical. There's one aspect of this bill that I, th- I think I understand, her- having heard it 15 times, I think I now finally understand it. Hit that right after we start the show officially so we don't end up in prison. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate the uh, term fence hole into my uh, <laughs> into my screed, having watched 60 Minutes as well last night. Nice I'm, job, fence holes. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Monday, February 5th, the year 2024. Life will not be a bore in 24. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Maybe I just uh, call anybody who's soft on immigration enforcement a fence hole. Because it kind of makes the point that they are the they are the the flaw the the link the weak link if you will hmm? the the gap in 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 the very fence that was saved last night uh, you have no gap in your fence and I congratulate you all right let's begin the show now officially according to FCC rules Mark thirty minutes later a smuggler's SUV raced along the border fence and dropped another group at the same spot and thirty minutes after that another group. Thanks to the fence holes in the Democratic Party. So, I think I finally, having heard this enough times, understand what's going on here. And then we'll we'll hear from Senator Lankford, Republican, Oklahoma. He'll explain a little bit later. He's been on the talk shows what this actually means and why you shouldn't be concerned about it. But 5,000 a day. Then I heard, no, it's 5,000 a week. No, it's 5,000 a day. It's five. Okay, so it's. If it averages more than 5,000 a day for a full week, the border automatically shuts down under this legislation. If it averages 5,000 a day for a week, which you wouldn't think would happen very often. It's been happening. It happened, I think, the entire year last year. But in normal times, you wouldn't think that that would ever happen. But so there you go. I've got a new name for this legislation. It just popped into my head. Let's call it the 
asking the cartels to manage the inflow to avoid embarrassing us act of 2024. <laughs> Am I wrong? Well, uh, yeah. So some people are looking at it as, so you're going to allow five up to 5,000 a day? And they're saying, no, you're just putting a cap on it. Like, you know, like you have a spending limit on your credit card. That doesn't mean you need to spend up to that amount. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we can get into uh, that discussion later. How does mailbag look? The border is secure. It's, it's coming along. Work in progress. The border is secure. That's that's a funny thing. They should bring Mayorkas up there and say, now, just be, before we sign the legislation, we needed this legislation. Why? Because the, now we'll let you fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> and refuse to pass it unless he answers the question. <laughs> right. I love because that Because if you're going to keep saying the border's secure, we're really wasting our time with this legislation. Right. We got the last guy ready to vote yes if you tell us why we needed this bill. Because the border is fill the, the border blank. is secure. Right, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you it. one more chance. <laughs> Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Should probably mention that Republican Speaker of the House uh, already says it's a no. It's a no on the immigration bill, that it's dead on arrival. So unless something moves there, this isn't going to become legislation. So maybe we shouldn't even be talking about it. That's getting the most media coverage because it looks like the Republicans are. You just can't get along with them no matter what. Overlooking the fact that two Democratic senators have already come out as a no, which pretty much kills it in the Senate because they need oh. they need 60 votes on Wednesday. And you got a California senator and Menendez, the crook, both are against it as Democrats and a few Republicans. So I don't think it's going to make it any out of the Senate even. Well, Menendez is against it for now, if you know what I mean. A gold bar or two, maybe a mink coat for his uh, weird old lady. Yes, nothing, <laughs> a, around. nothing a handful of gold bars couldn't fix, if you know what I'm exactly. saying. Maybe a little Mercedes, something to, you know, <laughs> tool around in. Huh? Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Boy, is this a good one. Sent by a listener, Jeff, in Hogs Nipple, Tennessee. I believe that's an unincorporated area. <laughs> I almost went further down that road, but it wouldn't do anybody any good. No, nobody wants it. No, certainly. Uh, Marcus Tullius Cicero. We did a series of quotes from Cicero once. Maybe we'll do another one. Uh, The great uh, Roman orator, statesman, and and thinker. Uh, A nation can survive its fools, even the ambitious, but it cannot survive treason from within. An enemy at the gates is less formidable, for he is known and carries his banner openly. But the traitor moves amongst those within the gates freely, his sly whispers rustling through all the alleys, heard in the very halls of government itself. Or in the schools and universities. Yeah. Intent. Yeah, the pro- the problem with that, uh, I've learned, I didn't understand that when I was a young person, is most of your traitors, they think they're doing the best thing for the country. 
I mean, when when Adams and Jefferson were at each other's throats, they both saw thought the other side was betraying the revolution. They both thought that. Uh yeah. Well, that was that was true then, and and I see your your larger point. But uh, as Barry Weiss uh, recently wrote in an absolutely brilliant piece, the DEI woke crowd despises America. As they want to tear it down completely. As it's currently constituted, yes, they despise it. Yeah, so, you know, screw them. You can take your uh, one's as good as another liberal attitude. I'll fight the evildoers, folks. Time to pick your favorite co-host. Anyway, here's mailbag. <laughs> we should put one of those voting things on our Twitter feed. Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah who's a better yeah. American, Joe or Jack? That's exactly how I was going <laughs> to phrase it. See, great minds. He's a traitor, but a great mind. All right, uh, here's your mailbag. Drop us a note sometime. Would you mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com? Uh, Chuck from Vancouver, Washington says, James Clyburn, who was so instrumental in taking a nothing Joe Biden to the presidency, ought to be the general manager. He's now striking the same tune and promoting a nothing Kamala Harris. Right on cue, the New York Times headline is, and I didn't see this, Kamala Harris bolsters Biden for 2024 and lays groundwork for 2028. This is the worst nightmare ever, writes Chuck. Go for it, Clyburn. Go for it. Elevate her all you want. Make her the nominee somehow. Good luck with that. Especially when Biden's going to be drooling on his shoes by November. Uh, the prospect of, and, and, and it's it's not like a, a prospect is the wrong word. The certainty of a Kamala Harris presidency is so terrifying to any beating heart and thinking mind that, no, they can't possibly win. Uh, moving along, the difference between Democrats and Republicans doesn't matter who said it because it's true. There ain't a dime's worth of difference between the Republicans and Democrats. Well said Governor George Wallace. You know, uh, Henry? He said, it's certainly true with the legal immigration laws. Well, it's, you know, there's some uh, measure of truth to that. But, but there's a problem with quoting George Wallace. It's just, <laughs> right. I think the, the word is fraught. You know, the, the, the great avowed racists of 60 plus years ago. I mean, it's like if, if Hitler were to say, and yes, this is absolutely deserving of the ding, Michael. If Hitler said, you know, it's funny how hard work creates its own luck. Yeah. I mean, that's as true as can be. Well, like I've always said, Hitler and I agree on modern art. We both think it's stupid. Right, but you just, you can't go there. You know, Hitler agreed with you. Hard work makes its own life. No, forget it. The discussion's over. You can't. So, yeah, Henry Wallace may have been right, but again, it's a, it's a little fraught. We should mention, in case you weren't paying attention, we bombed the heck out of a lot of places in the Middle East over the weekend. What did we accomplish? Is it going to do any good? Was it the right move? We'll talk to our guy, Mike Lines, our favorite military strategist. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
The U.S. preparing to launch yet another round of airstrikes against Iranian-backed militia in the Middle East. They follow dozens of strikes across Iraq and Syria Friday night in a major response to that drone attack that killed three American soldiers in Jordan. And with ongoing missile and drone attacks from Iranian-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen, the U.S. and U.K. struck 36 targets there late Saturday as well. U.S. officials reiterate they're trying to degrade the capabilities of Iranian-backed militias in this region without triggering a wider war. Crucially, not one U.S. strike into Iran itself. So, according to the White House, the strikes that we talked about Friday morning and the strikes that happened over the weekend aren't related really at all. One was a, a retaliation for attacking our troops and killing our soldiers. The other one was for the Houthis attacking the ships. But I got to believe it's all tied together in a, hey, if you mess with us, we're going to hurt you bad. Stop messing with us message. Because whoever you are and whatever your cause. By yeah. the way, Iran has put out a message in the last 24 hours. Don't you dare touch that spy ship, which is kind of interesting given that the Wall Street Journal editorial board and we played some clips from a variety of people saying the first thing we ought to do. This was a week ago, is sink that damn ship and put it to the bottom of the ocean. Wow, a complicated situation. No matter how we try to simplify it to discuss all of the above, uh, please welcome Mike Lyons, military analyst for CNN, uh, among other outlets. Mike, it's always a pleasure. Uh, what's your What's your take on the latest? Hey, good morning, guys. No, I think it's a good start. Um, deterrence uh, to be reestablished will take some time. I think that it's, you know, it's all about... The consequences becoming so great that the other side doesn't think that they can attack. Um, we saw, though, what no one's talking about is an attack that was made from the Shia militia groups against a Syrian militia group that we've been aligned with. So that could be the next target for these individuals. So they could they could go after. There are, there are some of these groups that we're working with, local groups, in order to defeat ISIS there inside of Syria. And um, you could see uh, the, the uh, Iraqi uh, uh, Shia militia groups starting to attack them instead of attack Iranian forces. So we're, we might have to defend some of our allies there on the ground inside of Syria. So I thought that was an interesting development that took place in the last 24 hours. But, but overall, I think there, there are two separate lanes now. Clearly, the Houthis were going after them proactively, which is another thing that's great. Uh, we're getting them before they launch their, their missiles, their NIC ship and sea missiles at us. And then I thought what we did was good from a capability perspective to take away the capability, and we're going to continue to do it. Well, is there anything you would like to see next that you think would really send the message of don't mess with us? Well, I think that, you know, the second that we find one of those Shia militia leaders that's that went into Iran, which is clearly a red line. We're not going to attack any, anywhere inside Iran now. You know, the, plague, the, the, the sandbox is Syria and, and Iraq. Um, the second that person crosses and steps foot back in Iraq, I'd like to see a, a cruise missile with that, uh, their name on it uh, heading right for them. I think, that, I think we have to go after the leadership of these organizations. Um, and whether that's uh, in six months, like we did with Soleimani, uh, I think that's, that's a good solution as well. So that's, that's kind of the next step. We'll degrade some of this capability they have. So there's this land bridge logistically. If you, take, if you look at a map, it draws a straight line from Iran through Iraq into Syria that gets logistics and supplies uh, along kind of road networks and supply lines that are there. So we've done a pretty good job of, of destroying that. We, we went after it initially a few months ago, but now, you know, the kind of attack that we made with, you know, 85 separate targets is a, is a pretty significant setback for them. Uh, Mike, uh, as a conservative talk show host, my job is to uh, just say uh, Joe Biden's weak and, and and a bad leader, and that's why we're doing this, that, and the other. But I I have a feeling there's more going on than just that. And I read some analysis in the Wall Street Journal. They're talking about how the new guy who 
is the uh, the Quds Force leader. His name's Connie. He is the kind of the the guy who runs the uh, the Syria. I'm sorry, the Shiite militias and the mm-hmm. um, you know their proxies. Um, and that they allege that he doesn't have as much control of them as uh, Soleimani had. So I just I find myself picturing Iran through back channel diplomacy saying to the U.S. Look, we're trying to rein these maniacs in. We don't really have control. Hit them, not us. Is that possible? Yeah, it might be, there might be some to, something to that. Um, the, the back channel that is going on right now, we, we kind of made the mistake by taking Saddam Hussein out when we did, obviously, and we saw the, the balance of power tip. And I think that the Iranians are concerned that they want to stay in power. They have their own internal struggles with their people inside, running an authoritative government that they do. So that wouldn't surprise me from a back-channel perspective. That's the message that they're sending, is to you know go after these uh, these Shia militia groups because we can't seem to get uh, get control of them. That's not to say they still want uh, you know Israel to win or they don't want the United States to have a tremendous influence there, uh, but they don't want it to escalate from, from that perspective because they know if they escalate, then they're going to have internal problems gathering an army, doing what they have to do to fight uh, an external enemy like the United States. Well, how about the other side of it? Since we know that Iran, uh, at least in ideology, is aligned with them and is certainly arming them and funding them. You hit Mm -hmm. Iran hard and they, whether they have control of them or not, they work really hard to try to rein them in because they don't want damage done to them. And do you agree? Would would sinking that ship, as a lot of people have argued, uh, that spy ship there in the, in the Red Sea, would sinking that be an attack on Iran in your mind? I think it would if you put the shoe on the other foot. If we, if somebody sank one of our ships, I think we would, uh, we would look point. at that as an act of war. So I, I mean, I'm not again, always looking through the eye, the lens of what's going on. You know, the, the the attacks that were made for those those that were that were shot at the 85 targets. I'm sure they thought that the United States was at war with them there as well. Um, I think that that ship has got to be an overt threat to our security. Um, I, I, what I don't like is, you know, the fact that our politicians are still not all behind this. Uh, everything's still, still the War Powers Act, and everything is still authorization mm. used to military force from from 9/11. Still um, unbelievable. You know, just, I mean, that's just yeah, unbelievable. Exactly, and, and 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 you know, it's it's a big deal to launch a super hornet off an aircraft carrier and go hit a target in a sovereign country, whether they're our enemy or not, without. You know, and not the legal side of it, but just kind of the moral side of it, especially Yemen. Yemen is one of the poorest countries in the world. Now they have capacity. Like, again, we allowed this to happen. We, you know, we, we allowed them build up to happen. We allowed the arms to go. We allowed all those. To, and, and now we're at the situation where we have to take care of it, and the result's not going to be good for that country. That country might never get on its feet again. Yeah, man. And then, you know, if I uh, get on this side of the argument uh, that you were just referring to, for your average young y- y- Yemeni, uh, yeah. Who is you know too young for uh, to even remember nine eleven or any of that stuff? Right. Um, they just hate the United States the rest of their lives because missiles came into their country. Yeah, and and they've been at civil war now for the past almost ten years. Uh, the Houthis versus the, the former Sana government that was there. The Saudis tried to defeat them, weren't able to, and that was another classic proxy war with our ally being Saudi Arabia, Iran on the side of the Houthis, and and they harmed them very well because they have again thousands of these anti-ship missiles. That you know, a couple of weeks ago, that a missile got to within like seven seconds of one of those destroyers. I mean, that's what they're trying to do. They win the lottery if they get one missile through this, these defense systems, and they still haven't done things like swarm drones. All their drones are one-way suicide drones. They all leave and they have no, no return address. And so, so, again, if they swarm them, if they do something and they hit a U.S. destroyer or a carrier or a cruiser or something in, in the Red Sea, that's, that's a complete lottery win for them. But then we would go nuts, wouldn't we? 
I yeah, mean, it's a hell of a lottery win. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. no, but from, I'm talking on their side. So, so yeah. like anything, we we have this tremendous air power, naval and sea power, but nothing changes until someone shows up on the ground. And so, you know, that's what the armies are for. Now, I'm not advocating that on any level, but um, but again, you, we can bomb them into submission. But as we've seen, it doesn't. It's not going to change anything. So. Uh, unless we're willing to do something, so yeah, we would go nuts for sure, and it would be a disaster. Um, and it would, and it would, it, it's that's why we're playing with fire here, and that's why I think I think that's why we're going more proactive with regard to attacking these uh, these sites. Uh, we saw the CENTCOM report that they took four of them out before they even got off the ground. I think that's what we're going to be doing. You know, Mike, I'd love to see you side by side on a panel with an economist to address um, the the free navigation of the seas and what it means. Uh, I was reading another piece that was dealing with the fact that piracy was like the number one issue. Asking voters in 1793, what's the, your number one issue? It's that piracy was huge, hence Jefferson and the Barbary Pirates and the rest of it. Yeah. And we have had an incredibly long period of the free navigation of the seas for the purposes mm-hmm. of commerce. It's lifted everybody on Earth's standard of living. And it's been so peaceful so long, people forget that that's an enormous deal economically. You know, it is. I've talked to my son about it because he's been deployed to that part of the world, um, you know, on a destroyer, and they, they, they peel off and they go and either help try to protect ships or go after ships that have pirated um, others. Um, it is. And, and it gets back to gunboat diplomacy again. And we need, this is where we need allies. I think that's the best part of the Houthi uh, attack plan right now is the Great Britain's on our side and, and the European countries and some of, some of them that don't have navies. But it's going to take larger navies, more ships in order to make sure that that, that transports. And, and they're shut, they've shut down the Suez Canal. But Egypt is, is hurting now because of that, obviously. So, so, again, the economics behind what's going on hasn't impacted yet, but but I think it's your will. Mike Lyons, military analyst for CNN. Mike, we appreciate the time very much. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, mm-hmm. Yet another story that I've taken in a lot of punditry, and it is all over the place, and I have no idea uh, what is right or not. But I was watching David Sanger of the New York Times on one of the cable shows, I think CNN, uh, after the attacks on the, the Houthis started or ended. And he said, well, if you wanted a strong response, I would say this was closer to disappointing than enough. And I thought, wow, from you, that is something. But then, you know, I've heard plenty of other people say we risk blah, 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 blah uh, by going any further. And uh, we're going to play a clip later. Um, uh, I get the Secretary of State and the National Security Advisor mixed up because though they're both weedy effeminate, <laughs> weak-sounding men. So I get them mixed up. They might not be weak men, but they just they come off that way, which is unfortunate. Um, uh, but one of them was on the one of the talk shows yesterday and kept getting ans- asked over and over, are we going to strike in Iran? Will you take that off the table? So you're not taking off the table. One more time, are you taking off the table the idea of striking inside Iran, which is just a moronic question. But we're not taking it off the table. We're just putting it over there by the gravy. I mean, like, you'll have to ask for it to be passed. But but some of my favorite thinkers have said nothing changes until you hurt Iran themselves. And other people say that would be a, a horrible idea. And I don't have any idea uh, which yeah. is the best. Right, right. All I yeah. know, you do have to make this stop, though. You do have to make this stop. That's not an option. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, as I, was, I was trying to understand what might be going on behind the scenes that would explain some of this. 
But then it pops back into my head, uh, as I'm sure it did a lot of y'alls, that uh, Joe Biden is a weak, indecisive, better-do-nothing guy. That's just his history and his style. So if you're looking for, you know, your Occam's razor explanation, the, the simplest, most obvious one, it's that he's a coward. That's why we're not doing that. Not a joke. There might be something incredibly important and complicated going on black back channel uh, diplomacy, like I was trying to get out of Mike, but there might not be. I don't know if coward is fair. I mean, people that are just overly cautious, are you, are you always a coward if you're overly cautious? I don't know. Uh, but he's, he's definitely overly cautious. If that goes into the coward territory, I don't know. Um, I guess it would depend on whether or not he just thinks it's the prudent thing to do or he's afraid of what might happen. Or he's just flat indecisive. Yeah. So this is new. I wish we had hit Mike with this, and then we got to take a break because we got Katie's headlines uh, coming up. But this happened overnight. An explosive drone hit a base used by U.S. troops in eastern Syria overnight, killed six of their Kurdish allies. Uh, our troops are at that base a lot of times. It is the first, it doesn't say here whether they we, we were there at the time. It is the first such significant attack since the U.S. airstrikes hit Iran-backed militias in the Middle East on Friday and Saturday. So somebody hit one of our bases where we regularly have troops and killed some of our allies. I, you know, so I don't know. Where, where does that go? Mm. Doesn't sound like they're frightened off. Oh, it ain't over, clearly. Oh, yeah. Katie's headlines and a whole bunch of other stuff on the way. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. the important video this is footage of killer mike the rapper getting into an altercation with a security guard at the grammys last night where he was arrested and taken away so rapper killer mike who won a couple of grammys then gets into a fight with the security guard is arrested and taken away he says and it looks like the video might be correct that he he lingered too long somewhere the security guard told him he had to move along, and he didn't because it was pouring rain, and he didn't want to go out into the rain until his car got there. And the guy was like, hassle him, and he shoved the dude, and then the guy chased him down. So that's what's going on. Nonetheless, an altercation with security. I'm sure Killer Mike's fans will be very disappointed in <laughs> that he didn't kill him. <laughs> or yeah, something. You, you can't be know. named Killer Mike and get into a shoving match, can you? I just, I don't know. Does that fit your... Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> You yeah, also it's... can't tell a guy you got you can't stand here. It's raining out there. It's pouring rain. <laughs> I'm Killer Mike. I'm one of the stars of the show. Let me stand here till my car shows up. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but uh, what do we got? Katie Green, the news machine. Uh, let's figure out who's reporting what. It's lead story with Katie Green. Thank you, guys. From the Hill, Speaker Johnson. Border bill is even worse than we expected. Yeah. So is it? 
Or is that just something you feel like you got to say to go along with Trump saying kill this thing no matter what? I don't actually know. We're trying to figure that out. From NBC News, South Carolina Democratic primary highlight. Biden wins his first official 2024 race. I couldn't believe they led with that on one of the talk shows yesterday. I said, we're at war in the Middle East. Uh, and you're leading with Biden won an unchallenged primary. All right. And that New York Times story our listener hipped us to, it exists. Clyburn is saying, oh, yeah, Kamala is absolutely the party's choice in our future. And like, wow. Well, I'll tell you why that really? I'll, I'll tell you why that's significant, I think. Is he sent a message to the party. And no, you're not just going to dump her and move on to someone else. There's not going to be any move her out and Gavin Newsom's vice president. No, that ain't going to happen. You got to name James Clyburn the co-chair of the uh, Trump campaign then, because that's going to get him elected. <laughs> From the Wall Street Journal, California battered by flash floods and hurricane level winds. Uh, we're going to talk about this more later. Uh, but uh, if you live in California, you have to get so used to the electricity going off. I grew up in South Dakota and Wisconsin and Kansas, where the weather is awful. Oh, yeah. And the weather and the electricity didn't go out a fraction as much as it does in California. America's Haiti. California, where the power is on sometimes. From Fox News, influx of illegal Chinese migrants threatens U.S. territory. Island must, quote, show strength of the nation. Saying there's a huge influx in Guam right now. Wow, we're being overrun. Xi Jinping thought, nah, they got too big a military. Let's just send, we got a billion point four people. Let's just send like 400 million of them into the U.S. From Daily Mail, Elon Musk was told to go to rehab by concerned friends amid fears his drug use was spiraling after Tesla boss snorted ketamine and drank molly water. So that's from the Daily Mail, which is tabloidy. But the Wall Street Journal had another article over the weekend about concerns with Elon Musk's drug use that looked to me like a hit piece. But I don't know. Maybe there is something going on. Mm. From page six, fans call out Taylor Swift for ignoring Celine Dion on stage after Grammy's 2024 Album of the Year win. Eh, She's got stiff person's disease. She thought she was a statue or something. Oh, Boy, that's that that may be the last story on earth I've got a damn to give about. <laughs> Whether or not Celine Dion got snubbed by Tay Tay. Oh. <laughs> and finally, the Babylon Bee. Joe Biden sees Shadow, attempts to shake its hand. Oh. <laughs> wow. Come on. Kind of a groundhog, senility, multifaceted bit of humor there. Mm. Well, if the most important immigration legislation comes down the pike, of course, we're going to talk about it for weeks or months. No, no, we're going to talk about it for hours before they vote on it. We'll get you with some of the details an hour or two. Armstrong and Getty. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.